Hey everybody, welcome back to the Next Move podcast. And if this is your first time on the show, we are a podcast that share the stories of impact and change in India. And today I have Manan Chandan with me, who is an associate director at Healthify Me. And if you haven't heard of Healthify Me, they are an online fitness and nutrition company that are enabling people to meet their fitness goals through online trainers, nutritionists, as well as their AI platform, Ria. And since their inception in 2012, they've grown tremendously and they have over 16 million users now. And one of the reasons for that is their amazing customer experience. And that's something I really want to dive deep in today with Manan because he's an absolute expert in that field. So Manan, I'm very happy to have you on, man. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I'm doing good. Uh, so could you... Could you give us a little introduction into yourself as well as Healthify Me? Um, sure. So, um, quick background on Healthify Me first. Healthify Me is perhaps um, India's biggest digital health platform. Where it's been around for around seven and a half years. Um, like you said, around eighteen million users now. Um, it's one of the top-rated apps on the Play Store, Google Play Store, as well as the Apple App Store. Um, we're also doing uh, around a hundred year revenue run rate, and we also have international presence in. India and in some other countries where we cater to the Indian diaspora as well as the locals perhaps in Southeast Asia. So yes, I mean, like it's been an incredible journey for the company so far. And um, I joined in uh, 2017 initially as an associate product manager. And uh, since then, I've been working initially on our uh, internal product, which was um, the dashboards that the coaches used to be able to give services to their end clients. And since then, I've moved on internally. And uh, right now, my control is uh, associate director for new initiatives. So um, I basically do the product side of any forward-looking strategic projects that the company is working on. And I'm also a senior product manager as well. So that's that's awesome, Manan. Uh, like you guys have, like you mentioned, 18 million users. It's it, it's incredible in only eight years of existence. And I, I just want to ask you a little question that, you know, I really don't know the answer to. Uh, I was reading one of the blog posts on Healthify.me's story, and it's incredible, uh, you know, the experience. I wanted to know, when does a startup graduate into an actual company? And, and do you guys consider yourself a startup or do you consider yourself a full-fledged organization? How, do, how does that work? Uh, we, we absolutely do consider ourselves a startup completely. So, um, I think somewhere at uh, Y Combinator, it said that a startup is nothing but a company that's just designed to grow rapidly, right? So um, that's just something that we're really, really proud of. We've been growing really fast, almost like 10x in the past few quarters. Um, we've been at the forefront of like some real cutting edge innovation on AI and other things. So it's been really incredible. I mean, um, we're definitely a startup right down to every single fabric. And um, it's not like any startup's not a real business, right? I mean, like some people can say that you can stop being a startup when you have like a $50 million run rate or like 200 plus employees or something. But um, a lot of it is to do with the culture of growth that's within the company. So I think that's something that goes very, very strong in everything. So yeah, that's it. So it's, it's really a mentality thing. You want, you want to stay in that lean kind of phase. Yeah. Uh, so so that's, that's, that's really awesome yeah, to hear. You, you can be a startup until you maybe cease to think you're one, perhaps, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to think about it. Um, so you guys have, like you said, there's been incredible growth. Um, could you talk about some of the reasons behind this incredible growth? And specifically, 
let, let's start off in, in this, this thought process behind customer engagement, because I've looked, I've watched a lot online and I've read a lot online about the importance that you guys put in that and you have amazing retention rates. So can you talk a little bit about the growth story to where you guys are today? Um, sure. So, um, so Healthy Family originally began as a um, calorie counter. I mean, that's something that we are still the most well known for. Um, you come on Healthy Family, you get to log your meals, which are uh, which you can then track down to your final calories. You get breakups of their protein, fiber, carbs, and fat percentages, your macronutrients, your micronutrients. And this is what we originally decided to give as a service to our customers. People came on, they tried on, they tried this as a service, and um, it eventually grew on to become India's biggest food database, right? I mean, like when you're coming over here, you're logging in meals which are obscure from like all parts of the all parts of the country. But um, it's really great that when you're able to log it and you're able to find it, that's we we count that as a wow moment for our consumers. So that's something that we really worked on in building. And over time, we also realized that uh, there needs to be some form of monetization angle that comes in over here as well. So that's when the initial foray into our uh, coach plan side of the business began. So that's when we started connecting uh, users who were anyways coming onto Healthify Me with the thought of their health being of paramount importance. Um, they come onto the platform, we give them an opportunity to engage with our coaches who then help them achieve their health goals over a period of maybe three to six months. And they work with them closely. Um, they give them diet plans, they give them workout plans, they give them support on phone calls, on in-app messages. So this is something that's really helped drive the business. And in the last year and a half, we've actually invested in a lot more on the AI front where we've also built a different product from ground up. It's called the Smart Plan. And this is something that has actually helped drive the business much more forward and helped us catapult to greater growth. So um, by means of the Smart Plan, we're actually able to provide a similar service that our nutritionists have always been able to provide, leveraging all of this data of diet plans that they would have manually created for our users, whatever intelligence that they would have put into that. And that's been able to be delivered at scale at a fraction of the cost. Wow. And uh, on, the, on that calorie, calorie counter bit, uh, in the US, they have apps like MyFitnessPal and all this kind of stuff. But in India, I assume it's 10 times harder because of the amount of mixture that goes into food, you know, the different types of spices and stuff, which is not as common in the West. So that, that's, you know, incredible that you guys have built that database. It's uh, not just the mixtures, actually. So I mean, like in India, um, so being able to get down the calorie values, like you can just break down a samosa and maybe put it into a bomb, bomb calorimeter and you'll be able to get its calorie values. But then that's not the exact way that you would go about it. We usually break it up keeping the ingredients and recipes in mind. So our mm -hmm. nutritionists have actually worked with the NIN, the National Institute of Nutrition, and been able to like build um, recipes or standard recipes of like certain Indian foods and being able to combine those recipes as ingredients to be able to finally build a certain food. So that's how we work. So calorie counting is always an approximate science. But yeah. um, I mean, like we try to get as close as possible to it. That, that's that's very cool. Um, so, you know, through this journey, you guys have built an app that people love and people stick to. And you guys have won multiple awards on the Play Store for being one of the best apps, you know, across India and Southeast Asia. So can you talk about, firstly, the importance of customer experience for a business? And secondly, what are some things that you guys have done to create this amazing engagement? Sure. Um, so think of it as this way that um, internally at company, customer experience is like of paramount importance to us. Like, like you mentioned, renewals do contribute to a large percentage of our overall revenue. 
And um, when you're talking about customer experience over here, we try to break it up into two aspects. One is maybe the human touch points that our coaches, et cetera, will be having with our clients and also the digital touch points, which we try to build into a more delightful user experience for our users. So basically, if you're looking at on the human side of things, uh, we've seen some fantastic impact that has been driven into the lives of our users by our coaches. Coaches become close friends of users. They get invited into weddings. Um, they help users overcome obstacles. They start running marathons because of personal coaching that they've got over here. Uh, lots of them actually end up reversing medical conditions as well. We've heard people overcoming initial diabetes, etc., just because of certain lifestyle changes that the coaches have prescribed them. So as uh, overall... NPS product, the coach, the coach experience has always been really, really high because we really focus very, very closely on servicing our clients. Um, our premium users usually see on an average of almost four and a half kgs of weight loss that whenever they log in, whenever they join on the platform over here. So uh, that's been really incredible. And inside the app also, we try to build more products that are very delightful to our customers. Like for example, food logging has always been very, very critical to our experience. And we've always wondered what can we do to... Um, push the ambit over there? How do we make it more meaningful? How do we make it more delightful for a user? So one of the things that we spoke to our users and eventually figured out was that um, in India, especially people love to have meals in combos, right? So for example, if you're having an idli, you'd, love, you'd normally have it with a sambar or a chutney along with it, right? So if a user were to tag an idli, then we would obviously recommend to the user that, hey, are you having a sambar or chutney along with that as well? Um, users also tend to create their own uh, custom meal combinations where I have um, a roti along with a particular rice every Monday, for instance, right? Or a certain sabzi over here. And this actually led us to create a custom meals feature where users can actually just create a meal at one time. And then the next time they just simply need to log the entire meal rather than going through the laborious process of actually logging individual items of the meal. So that's what we try to do. We try and engage with our customers a lot more. Uh, we try and understand what we can do to be able to drive true impact and value in their lives. Um, uh, our core team actually takes time out to do customer support as well. So, I mean, like we obviously are in touch with our uh, consumers. We handle tickets and we try to figure out how we can leverage tech to be able to build a better experience for our users. Um, something that we did right now, perhaps to be more contextual to the times is um, we, for example, build a hand, I mean, like on top of our existing reminders framework, right? I mean, like we normally remind people to work out, we remind people to eat or log their meals. We also started reminding people to wash their hands now because that just seemed to be a very contextual thing to do as well. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, what, what I'm taking away from what you just said is that you need to build an experience that involves humans as well, where they have a great experience with their trainer, but as well, you, you made the product so easy for people to use. So for example, if I'm, like you said, when I'm putting in Italy, it'll give me exactly what I need. And based on what I've eaten in the past. And you know, that, that's a great segue into what we were talking about before with your AI platform, Rhea. Uh, you've, you've accumulated all this data and you've been able to create this platform, like I said, called Rhea. Uh, could you talk a little bit about this platform? What is the intent and, and how is it helping customers achieve their goal? Sure. Um, so. So if we just go back a little bit into like what led to the conception of Rhea. So uh, Rhea was originally, was never meant to be a consumer facing AI. Um, originally, it was uh, internally called Jarvis, where we um, created an AI solution to be able to help our nutritionists give, uh, our nutritionists or uh, fitness trainers to be able to give better service to our clients. 
So uh, whenever a user is interacting with a particular coach, um, there are maybe a multiple array of questions that usually go to and fro, right? Some of the questions are very repetitive, like, hey, what can I have for lunch today? Or some of the questions can be more detailed and more meaningful where a coach really adds value, maybe on the lines of motivation that, hey, I really don't feel like working out today. What do I do? So um, those are cases where we realize that there is a good balance between the holistic approach that a nutritionist or a fitness trainer plays in the lives of a user. And we thought that as we try to scale, the true way to be able to unlock growth will obviously be to be able to ensure that a certain trainer is able to give a more consistent and great experience to all the clients that he or she is working with. Right now, right now, a trainer must be serving hundreds of different clients over here, being able to give them all personalized experience, personalized diet plans, personalized guidance as well. But um, that's when we realized that at least if the AI comes in over here, it can help um, save time and also distract them from the usual mundane tasks of like just answering repetitive questions, whereas they could then focus on the more meaningful interactions. So then that's what the original thought behind um, Jarvis was at least then. And once we started building that internally and we realized that it is adding value to our coaches, we also realized that why don't we just expose it to our customers? Because being a machine learning product, we also know that it's only going to grow as much as the data that we end up giving it over here. And obviously, the more it interacts with our users, the better it gets and the more context it becomes in terms of the responses and answers that it can give. So, um, you know, that, that's very true. Like you said, it's, it's all based on the data. Uh, I, I'm very interested in the actual experiences of people using AI. You know, it's, it's definitely across several different industries. We're going to see it more. And like you said, I really like the importance that you guys place on the trainer because there's so many psychological aspects that help people. But like you said, maybe it's not the best way to scale when you bring on so many millions of users. Uh, so can you talk about the experience with AI? Are people enjoying it? I, I watched a video at Ignite where one of your customers says, you know, Ria's my best friend. And, you know, that's a very, it was, her story was very inspiring. So can you talk about how do you create that engagement through AI? How does it feel like a human? Um, so th think of it as this way that when you interact with like a Google assistant or a Siri, which is maybe a more general purpose assistant, um, you need to deal with a myriad of different questions, right? I mean, I need to know about all sorts of things. I need to know about the user's calendar, but then I also need to know about what's happening in the news, for instance, right? In case of Rhea, it's very focused on just being a nutrition, uh, an AI nutritionist, right? I mean, we want to be able to give you very, very focused advice in a certain category or in a certain topic, right? So that's when we work better with our users. We, um, so for instance, uh, users are always... Um, asked to log their meals by the app, right? I send you a notification saying that, hey, why don't you log your lunch right now so that I can help understand how much of a calorie budget that you've already consumed. Um, in a normal user would just go on and log that, be able to see, okay, fine, that out of my 1,200 calories that I need to consume in the day, I'm done with around 600 calories for the day. Um, it doesn't help me plan and understand what else I can do to stay within the calorie budget for the rest of the day. That's where Ria actually comes in and gives meaningful contextual advice over there. It can actually tell you stuff like, okay, looks like you went overboard at lunchtime. Why don't you just compensate that with an easier dinner? Uh, it tells you stuff like, okay, looks like your protein consumption is on track, but actually your carbs have gone over the brook. So why don't you reduce those carbs for dinner? And instead, why don't you just go for a salad for dinner or something over there? So all of these things work out really well. Uh, we're also trying to add more deeper integrations with different partners over here as well. So, so I mean, like something that we wanted to do before the gyms, etc. weren't uh, fully functional was that to be able to give 
uh, allow Ria to be able to recommend workouts to users, to be able to go to the nearest gyms where they can actually go and do a certain workout over there. But then that's something that soon, I mean, whenever the gyms do open up, and we'd love to be able to pick that up again. Well, I think, you know, again, that's, that's another great thing about AI is that you're bringing that personalized experience that a, nutrition, a, nutritionist, a nutritionist sorry, can do, but they can't do it at scale, right? If you ate too much rice at lunch, I tell you, hey, look, you know, you probably want to just scale back a little bit at dinner to meet your, to meet your goal. And, and one of the, the great things that I found when I used to calorie track uh, is that it wasn't necessarily the actual tracking that helped you lose weight. It was the awareness of what you're eating. And when you go into your next meal, you're aware and you've created that habit, which is, you know, what I find incredible that Healthify Me has done. So we've always uh, thought of ourselves as a habit building product, right? I mean, it's, that's the reason why um, we actually have our retention numbers over there. We want people to actually keep using it over and over again. And then over time, um, so most of the people actually come onto the app with a condition, right? Where they want to be able to lose their weight or they want to be able to uh, reverse a particular medical condition. So the best way to be able to, um, I mean, overcome all of these things is actually through simple lifestyle intervention. It's not rocket science, really. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you just need users to be given the right advice and they just need to be able to build a habit and understand what is they need, what is it that they need to do. So a lot of it is around the knowledge share and the habit creation bit that we try and enforce via our AI and also via our coaches. Okay. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And you guys are enforcing good habits. You know, you're enforcing people to get healthier, which is again, what I love to highlight the amazing bits about technology. We can really improve and help people out. Um, now I know you guys are growing so, so fast and you know, there's, there's probably so many ideas that come every day. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, but this is where really your role as, you know, as a director in growth initiatives come in, you know, there's probably so many thoughts and ideas. So can you talk about how you guys come up and choose the next idea to start pursuing and, you know, talk a little bit about the idea that you're pursuing right now with uh, Healthify Studio. Um, sure. So um, basically, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good question because it's one of the things that we really struggle with all the time to be able to like uh, prioritize what is the most important thing that we need to uh, put the organizational focus on, right? So um, we usually try to work with a small rubric internally, at least from the product side as well, when we are usually, since we're actually a tech company, right? We also want to be able to build and build products that actually help uh, actually make impact in our users' lives, right? We want to be able to delight them as well with better user experience. So then while we're doing this, we usually, we usually um, follow an internal rubric where we try to be very experimental in nature. We try to do smaller changes really, really fast, learn from it quickly, and then iterate and then maybe build into a bigger product. So uh, one of the things that uh, we also optimize for is obviously speed of uh, development. So our engineering team also focuses in a very lean and focused manner such that, uh, okay, fine, we know that we have a certain problem statement to solve. We'll go hash it out and release it in the hands of our users, let them do the initial use of the product, understand how they're using it, and then based on that, iteratively build the next iterations and make it a lot more better over time. So um, one of the things that came up over here was actually Healthify Studio, like you mentioned. Um, this is something that seemed very relevant in the current day and age. We realized that um, people don't want to go to gyms anymore. Gyms are being shut. And even when they do go back, um, I think it's going to be very weird where people will want to go to gyms wearing masks on their faces, right? And it's not 
been the best thing as well, right? We've heard news reports of it being a little detrimental in places like China, etc. When people went back to gyms with their masks, etc. On, so um, we also realized that home workouts was something that people started warming up to as an idea, and they even so a core message that we want to deliver right now was that home workouts can be um, effective as well, and they are convenient. You are also saving time. You get to do it from the comfort and the safety of your house. So um, that's when we realized that there is something that we want to be able to build in the exercise space as well. So Eldefime has always been known for its diet plans, right? I mean, like a keyword that we will really, really rank very highly for is a diet plan or like nutrition. But uh, exercise and fitness, though it's been integral to Eldefime and to the journey that we've given to our users, to the experience that we've given to our users, it's something that was perhaps not as much in the forefront as nutrition and diet so that's when we realized that there is something that we want to build over here to be able to give uh, that experience to our users that's when we wanted to add that extra value over here and we also realized that what can we do to um, increase the i mean like how do we get people to interact more with the product over there because at the end of it this becomes another port of call for healthy family right people come on over here and they realize that okay fine now that i have workouts in mind i also want to go to healthy family so that in a way that also serves the needs of the business as well so, so a, a big thing that I'm getting from what you guys are saying, it's, it's really, you're prioritizing based on what you guys feel is the need of the moment. And then you iterate very fast on that idea to see if it's exactly where you guys wanted to go down. Um, so, so, so need of the moment and also like uh, from the business side as well. So when we realize that there are certain um, initiatives that will definitely help catapult the company into the next levels of um, growth. That's also something that is something that we will try and prioritize internally. And can I ask you, I was actually reading something today, funnily enough, in the morning. And this guy called Rand Fishkin, who is the CEO of Moz, he was talking about, you know, when you have a big user base and you're, you're, you're starting to become a big company, releasing MVPs can kind of be challenging because if it's not good, you can kind of ruin reputation a little bit. So can you talk about, because I'm sure a lot of people will face this dilemma at some point or another. Can you talk about how do you, you know, know when an MVP is actually good enough to release out to your customers? When it, you know, good enough where you can get the information you need and validate an idea, but not so bad that, you know, you're putting your reputation at risk. Um, so when we're building something out, we usually uh, experiment with smaller cohorts of users so uh, mm -hmm. we don't normally do it as a big bang approach where we want everyone to try it for a brief period and then turn it off for a while and then turn it on once we've iterated and made it better so uh, for example something that we're, we're doing with uh, healthify studio as well is that um, so basically small background about what the product is it's a live workout solution that's given in a classroom format with a real coach who's guiding you during the workout so the coach actually gives live feedback to the users while they're in the middle of their workout, which is very similar to the experience that they would receive in a physical studio, right? When they're working out or doing yoga over there. And then we're trying to innovate on different exercise formats as well over here, where we want to do workouts, we want to do yoga, we want to do Zumba, and slowly also pushing the envelope on additional categories where um, maybe workouts for kids or workouts for senior citizens, to be able to reach out to more users and give our services to them. So uh, what we initially did on the launch with uh, Healthify Studio as well is that um, it was built very, very rapidly in a matter of maybe one and a half to two weeks uh, by like a five member team. This was really pushed out, I mean, like with frightening pace. Um, we initially launched it only for our uh, premium user base, which are our paying users already because we wanted them to 
try it out. So obviously free of charge in the beginning, we gave them experiences where they could actually work out with their coaches and um, get that live feedback experience that we were trying to build. So that's when we realized that this is something that we wanted to and that's using that feedback, that's when we understood that we want to add newer uh, class formats, we wanted to add different schedules, we have users who are working in different time zones and uh, countries, right? So then to be able to support them with different uh, classes in their timings, etc. So that's the iterative process that's been behind it. So now we're in the process of actually rolling it out to our the rest of our user base actually and um, we're really excited to do that. Yeah, that, that's a cool strategy actually, not to release it to everyone, just to release it to a core group of users. Um, but two weeks, that is insane that you could get it out so quickly. That's incredible. Have you, have you slept in the last two weeks or? <laughs> Um, so actually, it was most of April actually. So in the last two weeks have been alright, okay. but yeah. So so it's been actually good. So I mean, like um, since then, since we launched it and we actually got it in the hands of our users, we've had almost uh, ten thousand people, more than ten thousand people who've been working out on Studio out of that focused user base, and um, we've already started making our first money out of it as well. So really excited to be able to grow it and. Um, we want to be able to grow it internationally because the packaging of the product is like that, that we want, um, it, it's supposed to be a global solution. It's not, uh, it, it, so think of it as this way that we want to, uh, like yoga being taught from India to across the globe, right? I mean, that's the, mm -hmm. that's the kind of messaging that we're also working on. And um, we also want to be able to grow this by partnering with uh, institutions like corporates or schools to be able to give it to their employees or students as an additional service. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an awesome, you know, story to what we were talking about at the start that you guys still consider yourself a startup and moving very, very fast. Uh, but I, I think that's a really close, cool place to uh, end and close down a little bit. I, I want to ask you one final question, though. Um, so, so Healthify Me has done incredible things in the eight years that you guys have been around. Um, but what is the what does the next five to ten years look like? What is the mission, and what do you guys hope to achieve? So, um, there definitely, I mean, like a lot more growth, right? I mean, like we definitely want to be able to give our product in the hands of more users. Like eighteen million is just maybe the tip of the iceberg right now. We want to reach out to a lot more people in different parts of the globe, right? We want to be able to reach out and give them our services and make an impact in their lives also over here, um, and obviously make some money while we're doing that. Um, so uh, on the back of uh, our smart plan and the coach plan business and now potentially with studio as well, we want to be able to um, reach out to our users. We want them to try out our products. We want them to um, actually achieve their health goals by doing these things, right? I mean, our diet plans, et cetera, will only get better as more and more people use it. The studio experience is actually built to be a community experience where people work out together in a group. So again, more and more people who come in and use it, that's something that we really want to do. And it's something that we are also internally geared up and built to do, right? We also uh, really thrive when there is some sort of scale opportunity that comes in over and that's what actually makes it a lot more exciting for anyone in the company to work. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I really love the mission of, you know, making India and the rest of the world just more fit. It's, it's something we all need. And especially in our more, you know, now more, how, how do you say it? Like less moving, we're, we're, we're just more glued to our seats and our laptops. It's a, it's, it's a really great mission. Uh, and I think that's a great place to end up, Manan. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Likewise, man. Happy to Happy to have this stuff. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into the podcast. Uh, if this, again, if this is your first episode, make sure to check out the rest of them. We 
have talked to several founders on some of the movements that they've created to make an impact in India. And if you haven't already subscribed, make sure to give it a subscribe. Uh, we release new videos and podcasts every single week. And thank you so much for listening.